Welcome to another episode of Demented Cast. Yes, you're hearing that right. We just dropped an episode this later, earlier this week. Uh, we are doing another one back to back because Kendrick Lamar decided to drop that new spicy album. Uh, but I am your host, the Nomad Gamer. Joined by me again, my co-host Aaron Perry. Aaron, how are you doing? What are your opening th- thoughts, statements, shoutouts? I was getting jiggy to this Kendrick Lamar album, so I, I enjoyed it, and I've been trying to adapt with all the changes that's been having in my life, so you know, it, it's been pretty good, and I did some art for a really good uh, hip-hop artist, I'll probably talk about near the end of the show, but it was really dope, and I've been working on some things, we've been working on some stuff, so you know, I'm excited about it. I'm still waiting for the message when I get to write more of uh, that thing. I just, I'm just waiting. I'm sitting here waiting, Aaron. I'm, I want to write more. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I want to write more of that one thing. Oh yeah, I, I still, yeah. <laughs> I it's, it's been in my, it's been in my, been in my stomach for a while. <laughs> I'm it's, looking at it. It's in it's in your pocket. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, anyways, before we jump into our opening conversations, I just want to let everybody know that we do in fact have a Patreon. I started it last year, didn't really promote it. I started it, uh, didn't feel like it was really worth it, but I'm going to reopen it for anybody that would like to financially support us again you don't have to sharing the show rating us five stars on apple and spotify that is honestly the best i could ask for but in case you do want to throw some money our way you can always head over to our patreon uh and it's free 99 don't say that that's false advertising it's free 99 with the word free but that's false advertising patreon are you free <laughs> i mean sharing it is free 99. Oh, oh, oh yeah yeah sharing it sharing it's free 99 <laughs> uh you can share for free yeah and add us too don't forget to add us Uh, but you can head over to patreon.com slash demented media. Um, that'll take you to the Patreon where you can subscribe for $10 or all, all the way at $75. Uh, $10 will get you Discord access to our lovely Discord server uh, for those Avatar fans out there, White Lotus. Um, subscribe there, get access, or $75, you could even become a co-host on a future episode of the show whether that be one like today where it's news focused or one of our roundtables uh, which there's a second one coming I promise but with that out of the way let's get into these open conversations of uh, Aaron did you see uh, did you see some screenshots released by Marvel and Disney a few days ago with a certain character we met last year Yes, I actually saw that. It was super interesting. 
I wonder what they're gonna take it, take this character. I wonder what they're gonna take it. And also Marvel's been announcing a whole lot of things from D23 in terms of gaming and films. Like there's a whole lot. Like I'm excited about all these things. Like we getting She-Hulk. Yes, yes, we're getting She-Hulk, and we will 100% get to that trailer because there's a lot to talk about and unpack with that entire story. Uh, a lot of thoughts on the internet about that She-Hulk trailer. Some, I think, are very undeserving, and some that are, you know, fair. They're fair. But the screen... Uh, She-Hulk is the mommy, step on me type thing for me, so, you know... I mean, I don't know how anybody could say she's not after that final shot in the trailer. Like, whew. All you short kings out there. I'm Regardless. not a short king, but I'm up tall, tall <laughs> giant woman. Anyways, though, the screenshot or the image we're talking about is of course our first look at Echo in her own Disney Plus spin-off show. We obviously met her in Hawkeye last year. It really doesn't give us much. It's just a shot of her sitting there. Um, there's nothing really to go off of. I think really it's just cool to see because we just met this character. They just started filming like a few months ago and we're finally we're seeing stuff which Feels kind of weird for Marvel Phase 4 to do. But it's nice. Uh, my main thing about this show is, are we getting Daredevil in it? And if not, cool, but also why? Like, he's very integral to that character as much as Kingpin. And with the news breaking that Daredevil... A Daredevil show is coming to Disney Plus. We'll get to that in a little bit. I think it's very likely that he shows up for Echo. Yeah, I mean, we we need to see more Charlie Cox. We need to see more uh, more Kingpin. We need to see more of those Netflix characters. Yes. Uh, bring back Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones, please. Jessica Jones season one is still the best season of all those shows. I don't care what anybody says. It will fight you if you say otherwise. Back together. There's so many questions that were left unresolved. Don't they have kids in the comics? They have one child, Danielle. Danielle's a toddler. Yeah, because I, I thought so, because there's like a panel I saw once of, in some of the later issues of like, they Luke Cage and Jessica Jones were over at Peter and MJ's, and they had their kid, and then they had, um, oh, I can't remember, what is Peter and MJ's daughter? Oh, uh, they, they don't have kids in the main continuity yet. Yeah, they do. I thought, yeah. It's Annie? Annie Parker? Yeah, that's a different Earth, but that, that's a whole nother thing. Is it? Uh, I thought, oh, yeah. I thought, I thought that was 616. Yeah, not in the main 616. Uh, there's a lot in, that, in the current run, 
Like, it, there's a whole lot going on in that run that's got me scratching my head, but... If yeah, I'm... If I'm... Yeah, one is Earth 71124. Okay. I thought that was main continuity, but yeah, I guess not. Well, let's hope that the main continuity MJ doesn't die because Peter has radioactive cum. Don't ever look up that story. Don't ever look up that story. That's one of those Spider-Man storylines we just forget. We just, we move past it. It happened once, but we, we just try to move past it. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, but that story is actually pretty good. It's just that one little aspect. Spider-Man Rain. That's, that's not too bad of a story. But that part was cut out of pocket. Just let my boy Spider-Man have some kind of happy story, please. This man lives in a world of darkness, which, like, yes, I get, is the point of his character. Like, he's a character that isn't able to be happy, but, like, let him be happy once. Just once. My boy Peter deserves it. Uh, we went off the rails on this. We were talking about Echo. Uh, Aaron, are you excited for Echo? Like, did yes, you I like, am. did you like her character in Hawkeye? Yes, I did. And the actress that plays her is very pretty, and she's definitely <laughs> a leading one. I, I just love that we, uh, you threw in the she's a pretty lady, like, just funny. Yeah, she's pretty. She's pretty, and that she is a leading lady. And that is important to be a character in the MCU, especially if you're going to have a show. You need to lead. Yes. And I think a lot of uh, shows in Marvel TV's past, they have these characters, but they're not leading material. The closest that we ever got in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was Quake. And then in later seasons, she kind of just disappeared for a while. And then just come back with the show to admit it. And the cavalry when she was in there, and then that started to happen, and then I forgot about all the characters after a while. And the humans. I, I don't know who's the main character of that show. Well, I only made it two episodes. Like, an ep sorry, I made an episode and ten minutes into the second episode of that show before I said, <laughs> I'm good. So, I don't think a lot of people really count in humans I don't think Kevin Feige counts in humans uh, I just want to say this too about uh, Quake Marvel please for the love of god you don't even I don't care if you bring and you do can reconfirm that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. takes place in the same timeline or same universe as the MCU just bring back Chloe Bennett please do it she killed it as Quake yeah. Bring her back. She deserves that. And, you know, maybe finally bring Coulson back in. I get it. You didn't want to because, like, then that kind of undermines the whole thing in Avengers 1. But, just, come on. We want Phil Coulson back. Hey, they might just pull some BS and said that the Coulson that died was scrolled for the mall. <laughs> I swear, I just <laughs> no. <laughs> interesting thing, because Kevin Feige talked about Secret Invasion. Want to talk about that right quick? Did he talk about it? I didn't see any yeah, news. And he he gave us a tad bit of info. 
So Kevin Feige said that Secret Invasion takes place during the. Oh, oh, I did see this. Yes. Which I did see is the implication because if you remember in Infinity War, you saw Nick Fury get blipped, and and um, Kobe Smulders getting blipped. But if you remember, they Talos, used Talos and another scroll was uh, was impersonating Nick Fury, and that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but Nick Fury. Yeah, but they were doing that because Fury was on whatever that space station was in Far From Home. Yeah. So, uh, I see what you're, I see where you're going with that, but I don't know if that is quite connected to Secret Invasion. It is interesting, though. I do remember seeing that Kevin Feige did confirm that it takes place during the blip, and that's really interesting because that means a scroll is impersonating Fury in this show because they were very heavy-handed with using Samuel L. Jackson to uh, announce the show. So that is very interesting. Um, I'm also just excited that at least one of these projects is going to focus on the time during the blip. Because we only got a very tiny, tiny fraction of that in Endgame and in WandaVision when we get to see Maria come back from being dusted and it's complete chaos which like that's got to be one of the most traumatizing and chaotic experiences somebody could uh, witness yeah like you you disappear in a movie go back in some five years and your mom's dead cause her cancer re- came back and you weren't there like that no, no, thank you. I'm good. I'll stay here in this world. <laughs> but moving on from Marvel for our opening conversations, we also have uh, Eminem was officially inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame after many years. And uh, I basically, I just put this on here because I just, you know, Congrats to him. He uh, he he very much deserves this. I think it's uh, I think it's really cool that it finally happened. Okay, man. Hey, man, I'm cool. Uh, I'm kind of cool. Um, it's it's nice. It's nice to see him with minions. It's nice. <laughs> you say with minions? Yeah, he posted a picture of himself with minions. Oh, I didn't see that. (laughs) That's great. So, I mean, like, I I guess I haven't... Eminem hasn't really impressed me in a long time. Eh. Yeah. Maybe because I'm so ties. I think, too, like, the thing with Eminem is if... You, I don't know how much you can relate with his music either, but like, I feel like a lot of people who just they can't relate to his music or what he's talking about in a lot of his projects. Typically, they're like, "Oh no, I recognize like who he is and like the skill he has," but it's just meh. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, 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 I,
that's kind of weird. I, I wish that I can um, relate to more of his projects, but I mean, I just can. Right. So yeah, I basically threw that on there just as a like. I just want to say like that's cool. I think it's really dope that he was finally inducted. Um, it's something that I know has been talked about over the years with Eminem is like if and when he would be, if at all. And to see it finally happen is really cool. So congrats to Eminem. I think he deserves it. And yeah, I hope uh, I hope his next project, whatever that is, is better than uh, what was it? Murders. What was his last project called? I don't even remember. Um, murder two, murder two, A yes. side and B side. Yeah, like B side is better than A side. That's all I will say in terms of that. Yeah. It's it's an it's an okay album. It was definitely an interesting album to follow up Kamikaze with. Kamikaze was just Eminem just being mad, and that's okay. We all gotta have an album which he's mad. Yeah, well, I also just think like it was kind of appropriate, like, cause the one before that was. Oh, hold on. Where is it? Uh, not relapse, but it's the one about America. Yeah. The one that hurt. Yeah, I hate. Oh god, that album is just bad. It's just bad. I'm sorry, Em. It's bad. <laughs> Listen, man, you can be mad all you want at critics, but the album's not that good. Yeah, that that wasn't my thing. It wasn't for me. Revival. It was revival. Yeah. For me, I don't think he'll sound good with Ed Sheeran, and a lot of the people who had that album he dissed in the past. It's kind of funny and ironic. So, yeah, it was just, it was just a such a weird tone change from like Relapse and Marshall Mathers LP two that like it didn't feel right. Like, just no matter how many times I've listened to Revival and like tried to actually like that album it just doesn't there's something about it that just always feels off to me and I just can't I can't do it but yeah that album is and it's a it's a mad five <laughs> it's a lot nicer than I was gonna go I mean I'm pretty leading because, you know, you never know what mind state they were when they were making the album. Maybe maybe this album was very close to their heart, and sometimes you can't really trash an album like this. And that's the whole thing about Kidrick Lamar's album. I love this. I love that album. But the internet is very polarizing, and everybody was expecting this album to be a damn or butterfly part two. But it was its own identity, which I liked, and I re highly respected that. What are your thoughts about Kendrick Lamar's album? So I've listened to this album start to finish without like shuffling it or skipping. I've listened to it maybe three, three times, putting it on from track one until uh, track eighteen or track nine on disc two. 
about three times and then I've been listening to certain songs uh, on repeat a few times since it dropped. And I like the album. I, I very much think it is it is a more sensitive side to Kendrick than we've seen. I think we've seen him be pretty sensitive and pretty vulnerable in the past, but I think this is maybe his most vulnerable we've seen him on a project. And I, I mean, say sober, a very sober Kendrick. Yeah. We had a drunk Kendrick, and damn, we have a somewhat lucid Kendrick. But in this album, he was straight up sober in a yeah. lot of these. And I don't mean that, no pun intended, because man, this album goes into some territory that will make a lot of people feel uncomfortable and turn within. And I think I like that aspect of that album because. A lot of rappers don't give us a lot of clarity, but I'm glad Kendrick gives clarity. That's what makes him stand out from a lot of other rappers. So I also want to say this because, like, I was watching. Sh um, shout out to the Game Illuminati crew, uh, specifically uh, JG and Flock, because I was watching their kind of review and reaction to this album, and something they kept kind of bringing up and talking about is the fact that uh, To Pimp a Butterfly was also another album very much like Mr. Morale and The Big Steppers where it was very polarizing when it first came out. A lot of people either said they really love this album, this is one of the greatest albums ever, this is Kendrick's best, and then there's a lot of people saying To Pimp a Butterfly was awful, it sucked. Um, I think I've talked to you before, To Pimp a Butterfly is probably my favorite rap album of all time. I love that album. I listen to it. Um, I probably go through and listen it, listen to it from start to finish at least two to three times a month. I absolutely love that album. Uh, and I wasn't always that way. I was kind of indifferent on it. And I feel like Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is very much going to be another To Pimp a Butterfly. I think it's an album that's going to grow with people over time. And I think a lot of the people who are kind of indifferent on it or say they don't really care for it, I think that attitude might change and evolve over time. Which is cool, and that's kind of what music is. Yeah, uh, I really think this album was a natural progression from the album's past. And that it shows the emotional growth and the mental growth of Kendrick Lamar. Because at least that he was able to surprisingly overcome the challenges that were presented in Tip Butterfly and also the dilemmas and fears that he had in Damn. And you see it come to a head. I'm glad that it, it gives us people like Whitney, you know, seeing Kendrick. Uh, go through charade, through the loss of his friends, through all them losses, through all those situations, to come back to be around people like Baby King and Whitney and all these people as Kendrick Lamar goes from 
a good kid in the mad city to to a man trying to find himself to just a normal guy that's going through something and i'm glad that this album shows growth i think one thing that really hurts this album is inclusion of kodak black he really hurt this album and it's because of uh, kodak black's history and for those that don't know kodak black's history you can easily look it up uh, Kodak Black's not really a good person. Allegedly. Allegedly. Trying to get... Allegedly. And, you know, and it, it feels kind of weird when Kishimar talks about these subjects, especially on Mother I Sober and he's there and stuff like that. I mean, honestly, he could have had Dr. Dre. He could have had somebody that was equally polarizing, but I don't know. It, it, it kind of I had to skip those inclusions and just or fast forward those inclusions so I can listen to it because Kodak Black is not one of my favorite rappers to hear you know he's not he's just not I mean it's weird Sports yeah this yeah I no I, I I absolutely agree with you I don't care for Kodak Black I never have I don't care to even know that much about him like I just he's never <laughs> To me, he's never sounded that great. Um, however, I will say I really did like Silent Hill. Um, and that is a single, bro. Oh, yes. Boy. Yes. <laughs> um, I did really yeah, like that track. Um, but we've kind of talked about a little bit about our thoughts on the album and all that. What are some of the standout tracks for you? Like, if oh, you had to pick like four to five tracks to tell somebody, hey, start with these and then go back and realize and then go back and listen to the album. Like, oh, if, um, tracks that I hate, um, tracks that um, you hate, uh huh, yeah, there are two songs that I hate. Oh, uh, I mean. I was asking about tracks that you would tell people to go listen to right now, but all right, go for the hate, go for the hate. Okay, okay, hold up. <laughs> okay, tracks that I love. Okay, okay, I can name them. Um, num- the number one on that album is Mother I Sober. That that touches my heart, strings, and it really shows Kendrick as a vulnerable person i feel like it's a mortal man part two and it sounds you you hear the hurt in kendrick's voice in songs where you hear the emotional state through their voice you can close your eyes and imagine that um number two is father time i cannot stop saying meet no chaser (laughs) man Champa is like the sad boy R&B king right now. So that I definitely, I'll I'll say this real quick. I actually didn't know anything about him, and I think after Father Time, I definitely need to go back into his discography and uh, listen to some of his projects because I. Oh man, don't don't listen to it if you're sad because this is. His music's very sad, but it's emotionally resonant. Nobody knows what my piano. I weeped, bro. Like, that was a lot. 
it, it's emotionally it will emotionally resonate with you and it's like yeah so his music is just it's it, it will hit you like a truck boom um purple hearts i like that song uh, um <laughs> summer walker's first was was like really serious and to a certain point and you know that line right come on i know i know you're thinking about that line i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> i really think and i need you do a certain action yeah yeah <laughs> summer walker was a little out of pocket i mean i don't know if that's love that's nasty as hell, but I mean, hey. As Janet Jackson said, if you're nasty. But uh, Ghostface Killer had a very impactful. It makes sense to have Ghostface Killer on that because he has a song called Wildflower. And you, 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 you know about that song, Wildflower? I haven't. I actually haven't ever listened to it. I know about this song, but I've never actually listened to it myself. No. I'm. Oh, uh, boy. It's so the, it is a breakup song ever. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a confession real quick. The reason yeah. in previous episodes of Demented Gas I never really touched on music is because I have my very closed off network of like artists that I listen to, and that's about it. I'm very bad about like going and trying to explore and find new artists because once I find my tight knit like collection of artists i'm very bad about just staying within that realm so like a lot of these features are either people that i know of or people i just don't know at all so <laughs> this was a very interesting album in terms of features for me to listen to i mean like <laughs> I mean, like, a lot of the features on this album is polarizing. Some I never expected. I never expected to hear Ghostface Killer on a Kendrick album. I was expecting somebody like RZA or Thundercat, more of those guys on this album. But it felt like a natural progression. And this is the second Wu-Tang Clan member that Kendrick has collaborated Is it? Who was the first? Yeah. He collaborated with RZA on Section 80. Is that right? Wait, did he? Yeah. Yeah, he collaborated with him on Section 80. But, um... Oh, yeah. What was the last song that I really liked? United in Grief. And those are the four that I truly love. United in Grief. Okay. And I think... I, I like Savior, um, both interlude in the main track. And I think those are my top five songs. I think now, the, the ones... That I... Really quick, because we'll get to those. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll get to the hate part. We'll get to the hate part. Okay, okay. Um, really quick, I think we have some overlaps here. Like, I think also for me, Mother at Sober... Um, Purple Hearts, but then there's uh, Auntie Diaries, which I really like a lot. Um, just hearing Kendrick talk about the way he grew up and uh, not shying away from 
bleeping himself and actually using the word itself. And the only reason yes. I like... The only reason I like that he actually uses it is because it makes the song in the uh, context that much more impactful. Hearing him say it while telling this story makes it that much more real and that much more impactful as a listener. Um, and then N95 and uh, obviously for the last like fifth song that I would pick being my favorite tracks off of here that I would tell somebody to go listen to right now obviously I'd have to go with We Cry Together um, everybody should listen to that track <laughs> no I'm just kidding uh, it's probably Savior I would say for that yeah. last one I like Savior you know when he said Cole made you aware but he is not your savior I, I like that beginning Kendrick needs to do that voice more often the, the scolding voice. That's what I call it. Can Kendrick also just start doing, like, voice acting? Because this man does voices on, like, every project. And they're all so good. Can he just go into yeah. voice acting, please? Kendrick, I have a, I have a scripted podcast I'm working on. You want to come, you know, you want to come be a part of it? I'd gladly take hey, you. He a commercial recently, too. Um, Was he? Better commercial. Yeah, for the Nike. Better. I, I don't I don't have cable so I hardly ever see commercials anymore unless it's on YouTube and those are very specific so YouTube. it's uh, it's the Kobe tribute commercial I'll have to look it up yeah, yeah I'll definitely but it's have to like, look it up. he was spitting some bars on that but uh but yeah but this album is it's great it's it's a great album it's just two tracks that I can't, that I cannot listen to. Get into it. Um, Silent Hills. I don't like that song. Kodak Black, ugh. No. <laughs> that song really needed Isaiah Rashad or something. That, Kendrick, it's not even Kendrick's fault. That's the only thing. On uh, the production, I think it's kind of bland. Ugh. And Crown. I, I didn't like Crown all that much. But that's okay. I mean, compared to the rest of the album, Crown is just kind of, eh. At least it's better than Michael Jordan. Boy, that's <laughs> Worst song is Michael Jordan. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I know exactly what song you're talking about because I have it in one of my playlists. But I only have it. I only have it in, I think it's my gaming playlist that I have, and it's specifically just due to the beat and, like, everything. It's just, like, I don't know why, but it became one of those songs, um, one of those songs that I really like to have in the background while playing, like, a Call of Duty game or any kind of shooter. Don't ask me why. I can't explain it. Uh, I mean, it motivates you, but um, outside of that, I mean, those are the only two tracks that I personally hated because because there's so many problems with it. And I mean, like, the same problems that I have with those songs are some of people's favorite songs off the album. So, I mean, like, mm -hmm. I can't really argue with anybody in terms of that. It's, it's all okay. I'm not saying this at you, by the way, but I am saying this in general to people. It's almost like music is subjective 
and nobody has the right or wrong answer. Okay? Let's just remember that when we're having discourse on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, whatever it is. Let's just remember that music is subjective. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, last week people were killing me over um, the Black Star. Ooh, man, I was getting fired up. It was like, why, why do you, why do you hate that off? And I was like, man, most Def put me to sleep. Like, come on, man. I was so upset about that. Talib Kweli saved that out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I waited 24 years. The wait was not worth. <laughs> the wait was not worth. Uh, so I think for me, my two tracks on this entire album, uh, that I could just do without, I could skip after, after hearing once I could skip, uh, obviously we cry together. I just, I'm not trying to hear that much toxic shit all the time. Um, that's really all it is for me. I just, it's, that song is just pure toxicity. Um, it's nothing but a toxic relationship and I'm just not trying to hear that when oh, I yeah. listen to this that's album. All, that's all gave me a panic attack because I actually lived through a situation like that and it did not end it the way it did in the song. Like, <laughs> it's not like that hurt. Um, say that, just imagine. You know what? I think I'll tell this story. Mind if I tell this story? Go I'm for it. Go for it. So, after a night of just hanging out with my friends, um, back in the day I was a resident assistant for Virginia State University in the place called Quads. The Quads is usually known for shit happening. But on my floor, I was hearing arguing, in which I thought was a man and another woman. And so I heard a gunshot, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then I knocked on the door a couple of times, just wondering what's going on. And I was asking the woman's all right. The door opened and I saw this uh, person with a like really tall and has a peach fuzz, I will say that. And it was like, was like, you know, an argument. I had some work that's a word. Let's just say, um, you know, fist fighting boom 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 let's just say that um, the other person couldn't really scrap and then I realized that I was scrapping with a lady yikes oh and police came it was a whole situation the woman was so beat up her face was um yeah abuses and stuff like that like abuse is not something that should be president in a relationship and actually perspective on that. That song just gave me a bad flashback. I kind of skipped over some Ooh. stuff because kinda Yeah, that's a short version. The long version's even terrible. That's that's but, like that's non-recording stuff. <laughs> that's when the that's when the recording's off. Because <laughs> boy Yikes <laughs> But um, we cried together, the arguments, like, man, I will say Kendrick got cooked so bad. Like, like it's got to the point where he was just like, 
talking now, I guess, you know, it's cool. It's cool to see an argument on Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one thing that We Cry Together does remind me of, and like, who knows, maybe this, maybe I'll feel different in a year or two. Um, but it does kind of remind me of To Pimp a Butterfly with the track You. And, like, that was always one of the tracks on that album that I never really, like, I was okay with it, but it wasn't ever really a track that I wanted to listen to until about maybe three years ago, four years ago. And I don't know if you remember that track specifically, but it's the one where uh, he is drunk in a room by himself with a mirror. He's just rapping in the mirror and screaming. And like, that is a track specifically that does resonate with me very much nowadays. That uh, this one does not. So who knows? Maybe it's something that I will, uh, I will change my tune on down the road. But for the time being, We Cry Together is that track that I'm like, Alright, I'll listen to you once. I don't think I need to listen to you ever again. <laughs> Like if you're ever in a relationship and you relate to that, oh god! Please get out! Please get out! <laughs> like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's the instigator in that relationship. Just end it completely. Yeah, end it because man, <clears throat> honestly, the realistic ending of that is a lot more disturbing. But I mean, at least it ends on a playful note and goes to Purple Hearts well. Um, for another track that I would probably say I would skip, um, honestly, I I don't know. That's really the only track that I truly was like, I don't think I, I need to listen to this unless I'm actually going through and listening the, to this album again from start to finish. And even then, I'd still probably skip We Cry Together, but nothing else on this album I think I would skip. I was pretty content with a lot of these tracks. Um, whether I really liked them or just was like, oh, okay. One thing that I love is that I like that Baby Keem is very active throughout this album. I wish that we were able to hear other members of Kendrick's family. Because Kendrick got another rapper cousin who raps, Nick Grant, of A Room Full of Mirrors, also signed to TDE, which is equally great. Just wanted to say that. But um, yeah, it would have been nice to hear Nick Grant's perspective on this situation. But I mean, Baby Keem is nice. It's nice to hear Baby Keem. He seems like an energetic person, very relatable for a very young person. And I mean, he. It shows that he has a lot of heart, and I think Baby Keem will grow into his own in the near future. Because I like, I liked his album. I didn't love it, but I liked it. And this shows another step into that direction. I hope with Kendrick's guidance, he can grow into his own. So something I also kind of wanted to touch on with this conversation was... How do we feel 
with this album it being five years since damn came out and i know a lot of people i feel like a lot of people's like frustrations or like discontent with this album come from the fact that it's been so long and like i think a lot of people are expecting another damn or another good kid mad city type album how do you feel with waiting that long since damn about this album did it meet your expectations did it kind of was it a little underwhelming where do you fall on that spectrum it delivered on my expectations like with music and a lot of the artists that take their time he took his time with this album a lot of rappers nowadays are putting out music like this this and this to the point where i can't keep up as much as i love griselda as we're talking right now six mixtapes came out all fired but i lost track it's yeah. like every moment i turn griselda dropped another tape another album uh, another something and i lose track easily but it's fire but at the same time like kendrick takes a lot of deeper concepts and built upon there was a lot of care there was a lot of there was definitely a lot of care that kendrick put into this album there's a lot of love and care with these albums and that's why i love about it is that he cares he actually gives a shit about his content so i commemorate him a lot of artists try to replicate this jordan lucas logic to a certain degree and whatever artists you can name in that list but they don't have that same level of care they just put out so much music to the point where it just gets kind of tiring kind of tiring oh yeah excuse me uh, kind of tiring and i mean like george lucas i mean jordan lucas i didn't know hey, george, I, I, george, rap. I didn't i didn't know george lucas was a rapper now that's crazy yeah, <laughs> but jordan lucas isn't george lucas a rap because he had one good project, one great project, one eh project, one okay project, and then the rest is uh, eh, and then there's the rest. <laughs> I mean, great visual storyteller, but everything else as album, I mean, it doesn't have the same effect. You can listen to the joints, they're fired by themselves. Sequence, it just doesn't have that that Kendrick has. And Logic, he tries the same tactics, but it doesn't reach those levels. And it becomes kind of weird for me. And I like Logic. That's the thing. I, I like Logic's music. It's fun. But it doesn't have the levels that Kendrick does. And that's okay. A lot of rappers can't be on the same level that Kendrick. There's some that rap better than Kendrick easily. You know, I can name like 10 rappers that can rap circles around Kendrick. But Kendrick is very consistent in that he keeps the bar high. A lot of people who just want to party or they just want to feel the need, I get it. But I mean, like, Kendrick is not for everybody. Kendrick is going to grow at its own pace. And I'm glad that he was able to show his vulnerability. I hope that Absol will follow suit. 
I hope that Schoolboy Q, the way he's going through, will continue in their own directions. I hope that everybody in TDE is going to go through their own little journeys. So I know which rapper is going the exact opposite of Kendrick. That's reasonable. <laughs> and that's a good thing, actually. <laughs> that's a good thing. His journey is very interesting, to be honest. Yeah, I would um I wouldn't say my my person I I'm still very much a little conflicted on this album because on the one side, on the one hand, it gave me a lot of what I really appreciate about Kendrick. But it also tonally feels a lot different. And sometimes it doesn't feel like that tone change is for the better. Like it's very hard to pinpoint, but I would say that overall, um, I'm very. It's a good album, and I'm very content with waiting that five years since Damn came out for this album. I think um, there's a lot of things there that you can tell Kendrick took his time and put it some true love and care into. And uh, yeah, I think I think he just keeps raising the bar. To be honest, despite what the internet has you believe, or despite what you like whoever's listening despite what you might think about the album maybe you disagree with us i do still think that this album does at least if not raise the bar does keep the bar at where it was when he dropped damn yeah and that uh kendrick lamar i hope that he's at peace and enjoying himself because i know he needed a break lord jay called J. Cole needed to take a break after KOD. I don't know why he came out. Uh, yeah. We're not talking about the offseason. <laughs> not yet, we, but eventually may have maybe, maybe we'll do a retro Demented Cast episode where we travel back in time and talk about some older albums. I don't know. Maybe. Subscribe to Patreon. Maybe that'll be a bonus Subscribe episode. Get a bonus episode on that. Patreon.com slash Demented Media. Subscribe. Yeah, You'll get some juicy content and probably more of the of Aaron's uh, very dark story, which I kind of just... Are you, are, you, are you saying are you saying that if they subscribe to the Patreon, you will make a solo episode where you go over that dark history? Yes, I'll talk about the fuckery that is, uh, that is my, my, uh, Virginia State University career as an RA. Oh, boy. I, I briefly mentioned it um, on my streams with, um, Studio Engine, and boy, it gets a lot deeper than that. <laughs> alright, alright, you all hear, heard it here first. Go subscribe to that Patreon so you can get that episode, because I want that episode. Yeah, well, we'll probably. We'll I probably mean, after that, and I'll probably talk. About <laughs> it. Gross, it gets kind of. Nah, no, don't say that. I'm too tired. I'm too tired. No, don't say that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of those things, but um, but going back to the whole hip hop thing, 
Big B's birthday came through, 50 years old, if he was still, you know, if he was still with us today, 50 years, that's a lot. Uh, they dropped the remix song, didn't like it. It felt like an insult, but outside of that, um, I was talking to uh, the Nomad Gamer about his peers and contemporaries, and it's a whole list. You want me to go through that list? We will. We will in a second. Um, okay, I want to. I want to wrap up this Kendrick conversation with one last thing, and uh, I'm gonna throw you on the spot because I didn't tell Aaron I was gonna do this. Um, and I would rather this come straight from the hip rather than have this prepared. But uh, I'm going to let you go first. And just talking about albums like Overly Dedicated, Section 80, Good Kid Metsy, Dippin' Butterfly, Damn, and Untitled, Unmastered. And finally, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. How do you rank those Kendrick albums amongst each other? Oh, this is an easy. This is an easy one. Number one is definitely "To Pimp a Butterfly." Number two, I would say, um, I would say, I would say, "Mr. Round the Big Steppers" is a very, very strong number two, but it's fighting the same spot as "Damn." "Damn" and "Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers are number two. Then number three is Section 80. Number four is um, is uh, Good Kid, Mad Simi. And the last one, and the last one that's fighting over the same spot is Untitled and Overly Dedicated. And so, I, I was thinking that easily. So our lists are already different at the two spot. Because for me personally, it would probably go, obviously, to Pimp a Butterfly is number one i would then say uh damn is number two section 80 at number three mr morale and the big steppers at four good kid mad city at five and then untitled unmastered and then finally overly dedicated that is a that is a very solid list but my final thoughts on Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is, unfortunately for me, I had this type of album already with uh, Rhapsody's Eve out in Layla's Wisdom. And I mean, Eve is a good reflection of Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. It felt like two sides of the same coin. If you haven't heard Eve, go check it out and then go back and listen to that. You'll appreciate Miss Morale and the Big Steppers a lot more if you listen to Eve as well. They're both reflections of each other, but Eve is a better album than that one. And that's okay, that's okay. Rhapsody also takes time writing her music. And you know, she had the best verse on To Pimp Butterfly. We gotta admit that, she did have the best rap verse. Yeah. I'll, I'll concede. Like, that's probably the only thing that I will say in terms of that. But it is a great album. It's just something that needs to grow over with time. <clears throat> uh, I also just want to say this. If you disagree with our list, fine. that's one, fine. Just don't, you know tweet at us saying that we're wrong or anything uh, 
Mostly because I will probably just make fun of you if you do so. But also, if you disagree, I would love for you to tweet at both me and Aaron your lists. Like, I, I would love to know what how other people rank this new album amongst the others. Because I'm very interested to know. Just because the discourse has been so polarizing on this album, I am fascinated to hear what other people have to say about it. Um, I personally really love it. I think it's uh, my final thoughts that I will give on this album are I think it is a very clear telling of the growth Kendrick has had as both a person and an artist. And I think that's the thing I appreciate about it the most. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I don't have much else to unload about Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And if you are done... If you don't have anything else, Aaron, uh, go ahead and tell everybody about all these contemporaries with uh, Biggie. Oh, yeah. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, Biggie's 50th birthday. And I looked at the list of of some of his contemporaries and, and competition, and I realized how insanely competitive it was. Uh, he was between 1992 and 1994. He was going against giants like Tupac, Biggie, no, no, not Biggie himself. He was going against um, MF Doom, aka MS Love, Buster Rhymes, Big L, Black Thought, um, Red Man, um, Big L, what else, what else? Um, Public Enemy, KRS-One, Jeez Louise, there's a whole, it's a long list, man. Those are big names. L.O. Cool J. And L.O. Cool J was about to hit his prime in 95. So, you know, um, boy. And a lot of these rappers I mentioned on this list haven't made it to their prime. They was just starting out. Like, MF Doom was not really MF Doom just yet. He hasn't got his supervillain story just yet. He was Zed X Love at the time. And Buster Rhymes was just, he was hanging out with a tribe called Quest and stuff like that. But he was really stepping out to be on his own and also um happy birthday to Buster Rhymes too because as we record this episode um what else and the Wu-Tang Clan that's a hella competitive nature hella competitive and I can definitely tell the culture of hip-hop there's so many so many styles so many levels so much diversity and I think the competitive nature is there it just seems like the internet and memes kind of just diluted. But just looking at it from that perspective is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I already heard that list, so like I don't have much to say um, on it. Other than, like, yeah, the, that's that's a lot. And um, really all I have to say with the with it being Biggie's birthday is um, it sucks that he's not here. And it's crazy to think. It's crazy. Oh, I was just going to say it's just crazy to think that he would have only been 50 this year. Because that's not, that's not old. Like, I mean, how Tech, Tech 9 is only like maybe 55 maybe yeah. older 
No, Tech is 50. I thought he was a yeah, little bit older. 50. Like, we are lucky to see a lot of our artists make it to 50. You know, and um, in the black community, it's very hard to see a lot of people make it to 50. So I appreciate rappers living that long because a lot of rappers didn't make it to 50. A lot of rappers passed on before they reached their prime. I wish that we were able to see Nipsey Hussle make it to that age. I wish we were able to see Tupac make it to that age. I wish we could see Mac Miller. Mac Miller's death still fucked me up to this day. Like, I wish we could see a lot of these rappers develop over time, grow. It would have been amazing to hear Biggie on a Neptune's beat. <laughs> so many missed opportunities. It would have been interesting to see where it goes but i mean we're not in the moment, so i mean on a sober moment but i'll just you know, let me let me just find barry allen let me just find barry allen while i'll right, get us over right. we'll we'll get over to earth two probably earth two probably earth two but um but i would like to commemorate um people like cj wallace um biggie's son and um his daughter they're both successful people and businesses like I know that his daughter in the makeup industry and she has a restaurant which was one of Biggie's aspirations to start a restaurant and so rap when he got tired of rap so I mean she's living his dream CJ Wallace is a successful businessman in the water industry so I appreciate that and seeing all their legacy his legacy grow to do bigger and better things you know I just wish that we could see more. But I mean, biggest music is timeless. Like, you can listen to it and it feels like you're the first time. Except for that one line in Me and My Bitch, but. <laughs> <laughs> but that line didn't age super well. But I mean, hey, it is what it is when it comes to that particular. I, I know a woman don't look that good now. <laughs> Yeah. Happy birthday to Biggie. Um, and I hope that all the other artists that we have lost, even in like the last, what, like three years, two years? It's been too many. Um, I hope they all have. I hope they have all found their uh, peace in the next life. I hope so. I hope so. I hope they get Isekai into something better. Let, let's just say that Isekai. And I, I just want to keep that lighter because sometimes we 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 see death as something very dark. And I mean, like, I just hope they get Isekai into a better place. In the words of the late great Chadwick Boseman, death is nothing more than a jumping-off point. Chadwick Boseman, Captain America, Civil War. All right, <laughs> on that note, because uh, this this yeah, podcast, that guy, that guy this guy, sad and deep. Uh, on that note, it is time for the gaming news section of the podcast. Uh, not a whole lot of news has happened really since the last episode. A few cool things, a few small things have happened. Um, first of which. Oh. Can we actually talk about a future opportunity? All right, quick. Speaking of video games. Um, okay. So, 
Wait, Hold on, breaking news, breaking news. Oh, breaking news, breaking news. Okay, okay. I'm gonna have to like find one of those like big like like those horn sounds and edit it in right as you like right after you say that, and it's just gonna be like boop boop boop. Like with like oh, both yeah. of us just saying breaking news. <laughs> but oh, anyways, <laughs> go for it. Well, yeah, tell me the breaking news, man. I don't know. what you, You're the one oh, that started oh, this. Yeah, let's talk about the breaking news. So, um, so on Twitter, you and I got approached by, um, let's see. Oh, 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 that. Uh, I don't know. Can we? Wait, hold on. Can we say that? Can, can we say yeah, that thing? It's all over Twitter, but uh, Think 10 Media reached out to us and to talk about... Um, FMV games, and I think that is an underrated aspect of video game history because FMV games were very important in the 90s and they're still important today. And I think that's uh, a future opportunity for us to grow. We'll probably invite them to actually talk about more of them games because Think 10 Media, shouts out to them and Culture Fix, um, are amazing opportunities. And I think that's an opportunity for more important games to tell certain stories that a lot of video games can't really do like the realism and all that stuff so i think it's very cool uh hopefully we can build something towards that we might invite um think 10 media and just speak on fmvs in general but that was just a really nice breaking news point and hopefully we'll be able to stream their games in the near future I mean, you and Studio Henshin will. I don't know about myself. Well, I mean, like, you can be invited to... We, we do get out of pocket sometimes, but I mean, it's not awful. We don't say anything that will get us canceled, but... I would... You know, we, we I would... I would gladly join a Studio Henshin stream if I could. Just putting that out there. Studio, anybody from Studio Engine, ha ha ha, wink wink, because, you know, I have you on the, you're my co-host, obviously. But anyways, I'll, I'll gladly join a stream. Just just putting that out there. You want to play Apex? You want to you wanna play Uno? I, I, I don't know. Something? I don't know Uno. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess Final Fantasy fourteen. I mean, they, they impressed me to play Final Fantasy fourteen. I about to cave into the pressure I've been meaning I've been meaning to download that shit my buddy hadn't been playing it for a few months and so I just hadn't and he was talking about downloading it and re-upping his subscription again and so I was like damn now I feel like I gotta <laughs> so maybe 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 I don't know it might happen who knows that's all that's up to Studio Henshin though tweet at them tweet Tweet average internet, so like. Tweet at Studio Henshin on Twitter. Tweet them that you want the Nomad Gamer on a Studio Henshin stream. Do it. Tell them though. Tell them though. Tell them though that uh, we want to play Apex. (laughs) My first stream will be Apex. Apex. All right. I'll tell them. But. We mentioned Marvel earlier in the stream, and Marvel actually announced uh, Marvel Snap, 
a card playing game where no no yawn yawn i didn't even put this shit on the show notes i'm sorry no i'm <laughs> can i just no can, hold on can i just can i just can i just tell this story real quick all right i get on twitter the other night and like there's a marvel games or whatever the twitter account was it was like the official marvel account like not marvel studios or anything it was like the official marvel account and it was like tune in tomorrow for a new game announcement and like the brief trailer i was like eh, kind of looks like it might be a mobile game and eh, we'll see but i was also like it's kind of got a weird capcom vibe to the art style so i was like who knows what this could be maybe it's a mobile version of marvel versus capcom that would be dope but I was like, I'm going to keep my expectations pretty low. These motherfuckers trolled the hell out of us on the internet. They're like, hey, new game announcement, boys. And then they give us a damn card game. Nah, bro, I don't want to play that shit. I don't want to play any card game. Get that out of here. I was so pissed. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope, I didn't even put that shit on the show notes. Because I said, yawn. I will say, though, I did learn that the uh, main creator of Hearthstone is behind this game, and that does make me a little bit more interested, but still, nah, I'm good. <laughs> what did you think about this Marvel Snap card game? Were you, were you bringing this on? Were you just bringing this up to get that reaction out of me? Yes, pretty much, but uh, honestly, <laughs> the art of the game. Like, they got some of the best artists to work on that. I just wish that they could have used that for other games. But, hey, I, I hopefully it'd be interesting, a good um, time waster, you know. Um, I, it's not really on my radar all that much. I'm still waiting for Midnight Suns to come out and see how that game will play. But, I mean, Marvel's been pretty consistent in terms of games. I haven't played a game that was boring or bad. So, I mean, it's not the worst, but I'm looking forward to Spider-Man, Wolverine, and those games first. And the eventual uh, Capcom versus Marvel game. If that'll ever come back. I hope it does. I really do. Um, I mean, I, I got my uh, Marvel Capcom arcade cabinet in my room. So, I'm still waiting to get NBC2. And uh, X-Men Street Fighter, because I have a lot of nostalgia for those games. You know what? Since we, since you brought up this new Marvel game, uh, I hate you for it, by the way. <laughs> uh, since you brought up this new Marvel game, and like they're they're doing this, we got Spider-Man Two coming down the road. It's supposed to be next year, and then Wolverine at a much later date. What is one Marvel game from your past that you want them to bring back? This for me is an easy answer. It's between two, but it's a very easy answer. Um, what is one Marvel game though, that if they approached you and were like, hey, we want to bring something back, what should it be? What would you tell them? Uh, okay. Uh, well, they did bring this game back, but they made a sequel, but um, you know what? No, scratch that. X-Men Legends. X-Men Legends is a classic. Um, it, it, it was a predecessor to old, but X-Men Legends was like 
the game for me because it, it gave us opportunities to mix and match with the X-Men. It felt like I was playing an X-Men game rather than a Wolverine and Friends game. That game and also uh, we got Spider-Man game, but another Marvel game. And this is going to show my, my age, by the way, so don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, we know you're old. <laughs> Well, I'm getting up there. I'm about to turn 30 this year, so, you know, I'm getting up there. But um, I will say Captain America and the Avengers. If you don't know that game, don't worry. It was in the arcades. I was an arcade kid, so you know. Oh, see, I didn't... The unfortunate part was I didn't grow with many, like, arcades around me, so, like, a lot of those arcade games I never even got to play. Yeah, man, like, I played Marvel vs. Capcom in the arcades, and boy, I wasted so much money. It pissed off my mom to no end that I that I played that game until my dad bit the bullet and brought a Sega Dreamcast, and I got it for the Sega Dreamcast. I never put that game down. Wait a minute, I think I do remember this game. Oh yeah, it was a classic beat-em-up. It, it, you it also... With, um, it's one of the few games where you have one. <laughs> it also released on uh, Genesis and uh, Super Nintendo. Yeah, and they are completely different, different games. Uh, they they play very differently. I, I I can recall the Sega Genesis version. I never played the Nintendo version, but I played the version in the arcade. The arcade one was very very good. Like that one was the game for me. Um, outside of that, you know, I could I could have said Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but I mean, like we got Ultimate Alliance three. I haven't played that one yet, so I mean, I, I have I have to make up my mind to that. My buddy has it. I still haven't played it. Um, I also Marvel, I didn't so hear the greatest. Oh yeah, Marvel, Marvel, uh, cut that check, cut the check. Cut the check, cut the cut. check, we love you, Marvel. Cut the check. Also, if you understood that reference, uh, tweet at me with, I understood that reference gif. Okay. Okay. True, true MCU fans will know why I said that. Really, just Anthony Mackie fans will understand. And that right there, I gave it away. Yay. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> uh, for me, though, the Marvel game, if Marvel approached me and told me they were going to bring back a series, if they were bringing back a series, I would 100%, without a doubt, immediately look them in their face and be like, y'all need to make, not remake, make a new Marvel Nemesis Rise of the Imperfects. That game is a straight classic. I played it goddamn daily as a kid on my ps2 i love that game um but a close second a game that i have clambered on twitter about i'm sure you've seen is hulk ultimate destruction that game was oh, also that game also mm, when you beat the game you got you got a skin because the game was filled with different like hulk skins but when you beat it you unlock the bruce banner skin and so you could oh just be tiny-ass, scrawny-ass Bruce Banner 
running, jumping, throwing tanks and cars, smashing through buildings as little tiny fucking scrawny Bruce Banner. And it was some of the most fun I ever had as a kid. That yeah, Spider-Man, that... So those those are the two that like immediately pop into my head as games that need need to come back. Oh yeah, like if they remake that game, they should just have Mark. That will be the chef's kiss. The chef's kiss. Ah, Paul Canal and all that stuff. Um. What other gaming news has happened um, this week? So, uh, reportedly, this is a rumor still, so take this with a grain of salt. Uh, We'll get to our thoughts on the name in a second. I already know Aaron's because we briefly touched, we briefly talked uh, about it already. But reportedly, the next entry for the Star Wars Jedi series, which the first one was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order by Respawn Entertainment, The Goat Studio. I don't care what you all say. Respawn is the greatest right now in our history. Respawn is the best studio, best game development studio we have. They have consistently put out W's. That being said, though, their sequel to Fallen Order is reportedly called Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, That's really the only thing we have to go on so far. We don't have any... There's no details on gameplay or any changes to the story or what the story will be. Uh, me and Aaron briefly talked off show about our thoughts on this name when it first came out. Uh, Aaron, I'll let you. I'll let you go first because I think you'll be a lot more nice, a lot more nicer. Well, what were we talking about? We were talking about Jedi Spiver. Cause I'm hyped <laughs> for that game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I want more respawn entertainment. Like uh, Jedi Fallen Order was a very good insight to a history that hasn't been really explored yet in terms of Star Wars. So I want more of that history explored. And hopefully, Obi Wan will honor what came before. But what were we talking about in the second part? Because. Because I, 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 I forgot. Just that name. Just, just that name. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. What are you, what, what are your thoughts? Oh, um, I hope that the rumors are true. I hope that, um, the game is a lot of them established before. Um, I love Deborah Wilson. Deborah Wilson's future is solidified in Star Wars because... I loved her in Mad TV. She was funny as hell in that show, but it was good to see her in more. And it's great to see her her character's journey in terms of the Force. Um, Cab was a cool character. I hope we get to see more of him in Star Wars canon. And I hope that everything that was established before it will it will expand into elements like the sequel trilogy. These characters um, live prosper high. How do they react to the clones that are still around? Because, you know, Star Wars Rebels show that a lot of the clones are still around at that time. They might be old and groggy, but they are still around. Uh, 
Um, yeah, I uh, I kind of agree with a lot of what you said uh, about the name though, in particular. Uh, I am not a big fan of it, but it's whatever. I guess it's a name. I just think it sounds it's just weird to me. Um, I was holding back a Destiny's Child joke, but uh, <laughs> I that was low hanging fruit. But yeah, I kind of agree with Aaron. I just hope that this game improves on what they had before. Like, that's really, and I've said this before, uh, I never recorded my uh, Horizon Forbidden West review that I was supposed to record like months ago. Snitching on myself a little bit there. That's okay, you were going through things. But really, all a sequel needs to do is just. Take, take the frame and build upon it. You, like you don't have to overhaul it. You don't have to do all these crazy things. Just take what you had before and improve on it. Um, maybe make the combat a little bit more in depth. Like just those subtle, nice quality of life changes. That's all I really hope for in this game. And uh, I think when thinking about a lot of video game sequels uh some that come to mind for a lot of people are games like the witcher 3 for me personally because i'm such a big fan of it um assassin's creed 2 that leap from assassin's creed 1 and 2 just those just follow that formula basically and i think they'll have another successful game on their hands yeah it's gonna be successful no matter what like um I guess the only thing is that you know it's it's kind of it's it's a lot to to reach those standards. So I'm going to keep my standards non-existent so I can enjoy the game for what it is. Because I know that the Star Wars fandom is super toxic. Fuck Don't that fandom! I hate it. I hate Star. I hate the Star Wars fandom. I utterly hate it. Like there's some really cool people. Like I have some mutuals on TikTok. That like they're really cool people, but like I hate the Star Wars fandom. I hate them. Your y'all are just toxic for no reason. Yeah, you ran off Kelly Marie Tran, and she's Bay. <laughs> we <laughs> like she's just adorable and she's precious and protect her at all. Yeah, y'all, y'all shit on Finn when you saw a Black Stormtrooper in the Force Awakens trailer and like sent him death threats for it. Like, y'all, y'all can get out of here. Um, Man, Boyega said he wouldn't do another Star. Dumb fandom, cranky. Got me all cranky because of that fandom. But uh, what? Well, let's let's yeah let's. Let's not uh, let's not keep you cranky with the Star Wars, but keep you in the space realm. Uh, the Dead Space. You remember how a little game called Dead Space was getting a remake? Oh yeah, I forgot all about that. I didn't even know that they. I I heard they brought the voice actor back for this one, so we're gonna get a talking Isaac. Yeah, and uh, we got a release date for the Dead Space remake, and it's coming a lot sooner than I. Yep, January twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. Wow, a lot sooner than I thought. 
I did not think they would. I did not think this was going to be a January game. Um, but I'm. We didn't. At least from what I saw, we didn't get a trailer or anything. We just got a nice, subtle uh, title screen and the January twenty seventh release date. So I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk on with this, but. I just want to know, like, what is your history with the Dead Space franchise, and are you excited for a Dead Space remake? Oh, let me let me tell you, um, Dead Space. I have the infamous quote: <clears throat> "Fuck you, Marker." I I will quote that line so many times. <laughs> oh my god, that 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 game. That game series had so many quotables, and I wish that they could have continued the game after 3's DLC. I wish they kind of just continued it, because it left on a huge cliffhanger, and I guess they kind of just, eh, co-op didn't work out, so I guess we're going to put the series on ice, but I'm glad that they're giving the series another try, see what they can do with all that came for it and i'm kind of glad i'm worried that ea might ea it up but i don't know maybe this could be great maybe this will be okay i highly doubt that this will be bad or awful because there's a lot of love that's being made in this yeah i uh I still, to this day, have yet to play Dead Space 3. Um, I don't know if I ever actually beat Dead Space 2, but I played the absolute living shit out of Dead Space 1 back in the day. Um, oh, I can. Yeah. Two, two is like the peak of the series, honestly. Three is good. I've heard, uh, I've heard some polarizing things on three. Like, I don't think I think the tone shifted a lot, where like people aren't saying it's complete trash now, but I. It, I've definitely heard it's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting entry into the series. Yeah, and um, three, it kind of changes from um, from horror to action with a little horror, and then the DLC kind of just went back to its roots. But you know, it, it was interesting depending on how you view it. But it's fine. It's not something that I would bash about. It's not something I would hold about. But two, two is the Terminator Two of the series. That that's its Terminator Two. Like two improved everything on one in every single way. A talking Isaac, some memorable lines, some graphic imagery that still haunts my dreams to this day. Two is great. If you're able to play it, play two if you can. I definitely, I'm definitely gonna try. I'm, I, man, I just, I'm so excited, and like the fact that this game is coming out in January, which January is always a dead month for video games. Um, yeah. So to have this game coming out in January is gonna be pretty nice. Granted, it's gonna be late January, so like, right now it's still that most of that month looks pretty dry, but. uh the fact that we have Dead Space remake to look forward to next year, at the start of next year, yeah, is really game, exciting. And that that game will hold me over until the next Mass Effect. That game is never coming out. I have hope. I it's have not. Hope. It's not coming out. 
I, I'm sorry. That Mass Effect, Mass Effect Five, or I, I don't know. Listen, this is why I hate when these franchises do this. Okay, I get it. You named it Andromeda because we're in a different galaxy. We're in the Andromeda galaxy, but like. If you're going to do a number system for your franchise, just do a number system. If you're going to do subtitles, do subtitles. It's the same shit with Assassin's Creed. Like, they did this same shit. <laughs> but, like... And, like, that shit was still, like, what the fuck? Because Ubisoft was like, hey, here's AC1, here's AC2. Now we're, now we're at Brotherhood. Now we're at Revelations. Now we're at AC3. And you're like, what? What? No, shut up. That is AC3. Go away. <laughs> so, Mass Effect 4, I'm guessing, is what they're probably going to call it. They're probably going to pull the Ubisoft. Yeah, that game's not happening. I'm sorry. I want it to. I do. But... I hope so. Maybe. Dragon Age 4 doesn't exist. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Dragon, 4, Dragon Age 4 doesn't exist. Mass Effect doesn't exist. None of these games exist. Um, but I hope they do. Best believe, this the, the second we get news, best believe we're, uh, that's going to be the big topic of that episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. But outside of uh, remakes and Dead Space, any more news outside of that? Like We got a I couple. Mean- uh, we had a beta. We had a mobile game launch. Maybe you heard of it. Little Apex Legends mobile. Uh, oh yeah. How how does that play? Like, does mobile have crossplay? Does it have anything like that? Is it good for a newbie like me to get into the game? Or- Absolutely not. Um. Oh. All right. I don't typically like to rag on shit unless I'm doing it for comedic purposes. And this, to me right now, is not for comedic purposes. Mostly due to the fact that right now where we're at in gaming, Apex Legends is my go-to shooter. That right now is what carries me over in terms of shooters. I've been playing a little bit more Fortnite ever since they introduced No Building because I going to be real, I fucking, I hate shooting at a dude and then all of a sudden they're in a five foot story fucking skyscraper above you that shit's annoying it's stupid i hate it that being said though apex is my go-to i was very eager and like very concerned with a mobile version of the game and apparently this game was developed by a entirely separate team at respawn and another team at a different developer hold on let me see developers uh, I'm trying to see I can't find it crap but anyways it was a separate team at respawn entertainment with help from another developer development studio and so already these are essentially two different games like they're they're the same but very different same same but different and it plays really weird to the fact of 
because Apex is so legend oriented and each legend has their own abilities, my I don't know if it's just me personally, but my screen felt so cluttered. Because I have your movement on one side, but then you have your shoot, your reload, um, your abilities, your uh, backpack, all these other things. And my screen just felt so cluttered that half the time I accidentally kept pressing something else while playing. However, it never became a problem when fighting somebody because at least I haven't played a game since that first initial game that I played. But that first initial game that it has you play is entirely filled with bots. Like, I don't think there was a single human person playing in my first ever game on Apex Mobile. And the reason I say that is so many times while going through that first match, I would run up to an enemy and they would start, they'd go to shoot me once and then just stop and run the other way. Uh, again, I haven't played another game since just because I've been so busy and like that first initial game kind of just left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, we also don't have the entire roster that the PC and console versions do. So I think in the roster for Apex Mobile right now, you have Bloodhound, Lifeline, Octane, um... Let me look it up. Apex Legends Mobile Roster. That doesn't look right. I don't think it's that. Oh, no, it is that. Okay. So I think it's Bloodhound, Lifeline, Bangalore, Gibby, Wraith, Caustic, Octane, and Watson. And then there is a Give it. <laughs> there is a mobile exclusive legend for this, and I can't remember his name. But one of his abilities is I, I shit you not. It's legitimately like the development studios for mobile looked at Tracer from Overwatch and was like, "Yo, Blizzard, can we uh can we copy off your homework?" And they were like, "Yeah, just change a few things." Because he legitimately goes back a few seconds as one of his abilities. He'll run, you hit his ability, and he travels backwards for a few seconds. It's legitimately Tracer's tactical in Overwatch. Uh, his passive is he's able to... Um, is it Walrun? No, it's not Walrun. Oh, that is an interesting aspect but i'm sorry that it is very disappointing about that i think um i think there should be more crossplay between games like that but i mean maybe it will in the future with respawn respawn is a very busy developer so i mean i'm not gonna too much of a heartache in terms of that yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's not a bad game like it works it's fully functional i just think apex is not like a lot of the other BRs where it's easy to transpose it over to mobile. Like, because of that hero shooter aspect that Apex has versus things like Fortnite or PUBG. Um, I don't know if maybe a little bit more time in the oven would have helped, but it works. Like, it's it functions, it works. I'll have to... 
play a little bit, a few more games before the next episode. That way I can give maybe another deeper insight into it. Because like I said, I've only played that first game. And that first game that it has you play, like it forces you to play. There was not a single real person in my game. There's like, there's no way there's a single real person in my game. I don't even think my teammates were real people. So. It's, right now Apex Mobile is just kind of sitting there as that. It exists. It's here. Oh boy. Yeah, it exists. Um, but our least, l- boring uh, like um, Overwatch 2 or Overwatch 1.1, depending on who you ask. So I mean, hey. That's true. Yeah, at least it's a little bit more interesting. But outside of that, uh, what other news is happening in the world? And this so, is where you put uh, music news here, you know, with your little. <laughs> you edit, edit that in. <laughs> um, a little, uh, a little free-to-play game, or soon-to-be free-to-play game, is uh, having a closed beta. You were able to gain access by going to their website and requesting. Uh, but a little free to play, soon to free to play game called Multiverses, we heard about last yeah. year, including a bunch of IP and a bunch of characters from Warner Brothers library, such as Batman, Superman, Arya Stark, Bugs Bunny, uh, Steven Universe, Shaggy, are in this game, are part of this roster, and uh, it's beta started. I don't know if you got in. I was lucky enough to get access. And I've been playing a few matches. Um, how was your gameplay experience? I know that the developers of this game had a lot of details, and you can tell they put a lot of love into this game. Like, I heard that when you play as Velma and you crotch, she actually, the screen gets a little bit blurry. I like details <laughs> like that. And little details like um, for Arya Stark. Have you played with that character yet? Yes. So, one thing to note for those are that haven't like have access but haven't gotten the chance to actually get on or whatever, don't have access in the beta. And this is actually kind of a caveat I have with the beta is you have to unlock certain characters. So, granted, it's not hard at all to get 2,000 coins at least for the beta. I don't know if like they upped it for the beta specifically. And if they did, I don't understand why they wouldn't just have their roster completely unlocked for this. But it's not hard to get these coins, but you do have to unlock characters like Batman, Arya, um, a Steven Universe character, and then one other one, I believe. I did unlock Arya Stark. Uh, She's so far the only one I've gotten on and unlocked and I've played with. I really like her. Her kit is very interesting. She's... uh, She's very quick, but she's very close range. So you have to really get in close with her specifically. And something I really like about this game so far from what I've played is I've played character, I've played Shaggy, I played Harley Quinn, and I played Arya so far. Oh, and I played Jake the dog. Something I really Jake like. Jake the dog, the dog ever. Yes. Uh, and something I really appreciate about this game is because it's a platformer fighter much like smash or brawlhalla 
they there is a there is a decent level of depth there with the characters like you can unlock certain abilities and certain almost ultimate moves that you can interchange for each fight and uh, their playstyles are very interesting and so far I have very positive things to say about this game I try not to hark on some of the technical things just because it is a closed beta but um, yeah so far I have some video footage so I will actually be putting this episode specifically on YouTube and uh, that video version will have some gameplay of multiverses in the background. So if you're interested in seeing some of that, go to youtube.com slash the nomad gamer to find this video version when it's up. But yeah, so far I the game's really solid. I I hope that they do an open beta maybe mid June, because I believe the game is supposed to launch in July. And it will be totally free to play when it launches so i mean yeah they have a really solid foundation so far all the characters i've played at this point have felt really nice and solid uh there was definitely a learning curve a little bit with Arya compared to playing someone like harley quinn or shaggy or jake the dog or jake the dog which you can eat people as jake the dog and then spit them out and like you, you'll be able to angle them so you can either shoot them down or you can shoot them like high up and like arch it. So that was something I found really fun and cool. So when the game releases, what character you think everybody's gonna pick just from your experience in the clone beta? Ooh, uh, my buddy, one of my friends who I, I was playing with unlocked Batman. And I think Batman and Shaggy might be the real big two that people pick. Um, and maybe not Steven Universe himself, but the other character. I never watched Steven Universe. I just, it never interested me. But uh, the other character from Steven Universe might be it. Once people actually pick her up, I think people, a lot of people start playing her or him. I don't know. I never watched the show. I don't even know who that character is. But I think those three are probably going to be the big three that we see people play. Yeah, I think um, Batman is definitely super popular. You know, they got all their voice actors that that made those characters who they are in the game. I'm surprised he even got um, an actress to reprise her yes. role for the game. I, I'm very surprised that they were able to get all the voice actors. Man, these voice actors must have gotten them for them to come back. Yeah, you like... Back as, as um, Garnet. Like, you know how expensive that's, that check is? That's what, the na that's what the character's name is, Garnet. That's that's what I was trying to think of. Um, yeah, no, the fact that they spent some decent amount of money on a game that they're going to make free to play to get these voice actors and these actors in like specifically Maisie Williams like paying Maisie Williams to come in and record lines for this game is uh quite impressive and I'm honestly at this point after playing a few games I'm just more interested to know what the content roadmap is going to look like for something like this because is it, it going to have a 
Is it gonna have all these elements? Like, I don't believe so. I believe they have said that they don't have any plans for a story mode. Oh, okay. It's just a fun game. Cool. Yeah, it's just like it's one of those games where, you know, I might be sitting there. I'll be like, "Hey, man, what are you doing? You want to hop on a play a couple matches of multiverses real quick?" Like, it's it's not something that you're gonna play like. I don't think you're going to play day in and day out, but it's definitely that game that you might want to hop on a few times, play a couple matches, beat, some, beat somebody up, and then hop off. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, do you know the release date of uh, Multiverses? Uh, let me look at it. I believe it's July. I don't know... If they gave a day, Google just says 2022. Release date. What else is happening in the gaming world, Mr. Game Nomad? That's about it. I mean, there's some stuff, but like. That, that's really all I got on my notes in terms of gaming. We can we can head over yeah. to that film and TV side. Yeah, film and TV side seems to be more interesting. Like, uh, we saw the trailer to the She-Hulk Attorney of Law, right? Yes. How do you um, feel about that? I think... Alright. <laughs> Let me get my thoughts on the show first out of the way, and then we'll discuss the stuff that's been, like... I'm gonna put this in a nicer way than the internet would. Controversial part. Uh, I think the show looks good. I think um, I think she looks great as Jennifer Walters. It has... I'm glad that they're leaning into uh, She-Hulk's sexual nature, because like, she is a character who was created and is at times in comics very overly sexualized but her character runs with that and her character doesn't shy away from it and she makes it a part of herself and so it looks yeah. like they're really going to focus on that and I think that's one just good for character accuracy but two just good because it's refreshing to see and that she maintains her job instead of being a hero I actually it's a good change of pace, and, you know, I love She-Hulk. I mean, She-Hulk was, like, I think she was, like, my first comic book character crush. Like, and also, i like to shout out Cree Summer for voicing She-Hulk back in the day. <laughs> so, you know, She-Hulk was just, she was so much sex appeal, and I'm kind of glad that trained her. Has sex appeal. She does have a lot of sex appeal. She had that professional sex appeal that I like in terms of how characters react. And we also get more Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth. It's good to see them in more stuff. Yeah. And that really shows continuity. The only, the only thing, the only thing I need with Wong and Tin Roth being in this show, the only thing I need is I need an explainer on why the fuck Wong is with Abomination in Shang-Chi. That's all I need. I just, I, I need it. 
I want clarification on exactly why and if it's something that like Wong is doing for the government to help train him or if it's like keep his temper down like I just please Marvel give it to me I've been so confused on why Wong is working with Abomination since Shang-Chi came out and I need that explainer I, I think we'll um, find out on this show this show seems to be more lighthearted especially with the heaviness that we got with straight i i like a good change of pace low stakes i mean this show has some very low stakes like you see frogman in the trailer frogman <laughs> the d-list character the d-list of d-list characters ever and you know what i think that's fun i'm glad that we've seen these characters i'm glad that we're seeing more of Professor Hulk. I'm glad we're seeing the character dynamic. And you know what? I'm glad we're seeing a woman 30 getting back in the dating game, even though she is a super powered woman. And um, we saw some pretty nice cameos. Uh, but the wrestling? Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a wrestler in there. Um, the She-Hulk showrunner or creator um like not character creator but like this sh- for the creator of the show her husband or fiance or boyfriend or whatever he's one of the pictures that she swipes past the guy holding the i think it's a, i think he's holding a, their cat but like that's actually the showrunner's uh boyfriend and their cat oh that's interesting nice but um Hopefully, this will be a fun little MCU project. Um, also, one of my favorite people on TV is also on that show as the villain. Um, the super British chick from The Good Place. Oh. She Paul. Oh, my God. Can we all... Hold on. I'm just... I'm on a, I'm on a sidetrack just real briefly, and then we're going to go right back to S.H.I.E.L.D. But if you have not watched The Good Place, I need everybody... To save this moment in the podcast, okay? Pause, rate us five stars, go binge all four seasons of The Good Place, and then come back and listen. Because The Good Place is one of the best sitcoms to ever hit television. It was so good, and I hate that I don't feel like we talk about that show enough. It uh, it also has the best on-screen couple in a sitcom ever. And I will die on that hill. There's no Eleanor and Chidi are so perfect. I love them, and I want to protect them with all, all my heart. Anyways, yeah. She-Hulk, uh, Titania, yeah, um, as you're yeah, saying. Jamila Jammy. It's Jamila. Is it Jamila Jahan or Han? Let me see. Yeah, she a fox. Like she. She, she posts a lot of thirst traps a lot, but um, I, I want to see what she does with her character in that. It's it's Jamila Jamil is her name. Jamila Jamil. Yes, she's tall and British. Tall, giant woman. I'm cool with that. She, she seems tall. You know, and it's like, man, Steven Universe really determined type of giant woman. Giant woman, she's tall. She makes me feel like a short king. Wow. She also, 
is just such a sweet person and she had one of the sweetest like reactions to being in a Marvel project like this in that like she was talking about how her arms are so scrawny but like she made it into a Marvel movie if she can do that then anybody can like it was just such a sweet heartwarming moment that I like it legitimately was an awe moment like oh that's so sweet and yeah no I I'm very excited to see her play the villain in this I loved her in the good place um so yeah I'm very excited but uh we should uh we should talk about that controversial part with the trailer that I that Twitter has listen we talked about everybody what the main actress played She-Hulk I think that is really good casting oh oh yes Sorry, I got ahead of myself. Yeah, no, uh, she looks great. She looks like she's having a blast. Um, I was kind of going to roll into talking about her with the the controversial thing. But she's a great actress. uh, Fourth in Black, she's great in that show, so I know she's going to... And she... I guess when she's in a human form, she has this. That's so pretty attractive character quality. I, I guess more the MCU is just giving me uh, the types of women I'm trying to go after. They, they're making our dream girls right now. As as uh, men approaching 30s, well, as a man approaching it, my game kind of like a desolate wasteland, the streets. As She-Hulk is seeing, it, it ain't all that great being in the streets. I'm gonna just talk about this, this stuff real quick. Cause like, I, I just, I have something to say to get off my chest about this whole th- discourse around the She-Hulk trailer and just the show in general. Oh, the CGI? Yes, and that is, is the CGI great? No. Um, But I'm only giving them the benefit of the doubt because one, these Marvel series, they work on the VFX up till like a week, if not a few days before the episode airs. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt for that. And two... The internet would have you believe that this is the worst CGI in any production, and that's not true. I think what is going on here is there is a level of the uncanny valley at play, and a lot of it just has to do with in her face, and more specifically, there is one scene in particular that really threw me off where she's holding the phone up and she's acting surprised. Um... I didn't realize what it was until I watched Shout Out to New Rockstars, but until I watched their breakdown and they were, Eric Voss was pointing out exactly why that scene in particular is probably so jarring and it's because her head is coming up and going to turn, but before her head even comes up that way, her eyes are already moving and turning the other way. And so it's this very unnatural body movement that we're not used to. And so I think, yes, the CGI is not great. It's even like for the MCU, because like the MCU has had some spotty CGI. It's iffy 
but I think a lot of it has to do within her face and it's a lot of just the uncanny valley at play more than bad CGI. I think a lot of people on social media are blowing this way out of water. Sorry guys, it's not that bad. We can go over it. It's just going to be a little jarring. And I don't know how much of that they can truly fix by August. So, for me personally, I think I will be able to get past it after seeing it a few times. But, yes, that first initial watch and those first initial looks, I think it is a bit jarring to look at. Yeah, so, uh... I think the CGI is still early. There's still time. They're still working on it. Honestly, I think that trailer has a lot of motion. There's a lot it doesn't show. Maybe they're making some changes that are subtle. Like, it's early. It's the first look. Like, I, I mean, first looks. The internet's just ruthless for no reason. Like, like come on now. I know. Right. I know. This is not. The this is not the first Sonic design, guys. Chill out. Relax. Yeah. It's, it's not that bad. Come on now. Like, we're, we're okay with it. Just just, it, just enjoy the ride. Right. Just, just be happy that we got more Mark Ruffalo. We're getting more Mark Ruffalo, guys. Enjoy it. But yeah. Uh, so, she holds just looks like it's going to be a fun time, a nice change of pace from what a lot of Phase 4 has been. Um, and it comes out on August 17th. So, I'm I'm excited regardless of what the CGI looks like. I'm, I'm going to be excited. I'm going to watch. It looks like a lot of fun. I really hope that she is going to break the fourth wall because, guess what, for all you comic book people out there, she did it first, not Deadpool. Yes. So, yeah, I'm very excited. August 17th. She's going to rip off all the X-Men. <laughs> um, those that reference, you get a cookie. <laughs> our last topic for this show. I'm only making our last topic because the thing I had on there were just... Eh. We'll wait until there's more news about to bring it on. But our last topic is, uh, did we end last episode with this same thing? Like, not the same exact thing, but did we end it with Avatar last last episode too? Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> so, <laughs> since, since the last episode, we've had some news about Avatar, the Avatar universe. And no, that's not the Blue Cats with James Cameron. No, the good Avatar. Someone's going to be pissed that I said that. And I don't care. But <laughs> we got some Avatar news. Of two. Not just one. But two spin-off movies. That will be fully animated. And voice acted. Um, and we'll also get theatrical releases. One. Is going to be about a previous Avatar. And then the other. Is going to follow Zuko. Uh. Me being the big Avatar fan I am, being the big Zuko fan I am, I can't wait for this. There's a lot of stories you can so tell. Much future 
I think I saw some people going, oh, why tell Zuko stories? We already have that in comics, which I agree. And I think everybody should go pick those up and read them. I still to this day haven't got to read all the comics for Avatar. So, like, yeah, I agree. We have gotten those stories. But I do think there is also a lot of people who really just genuinely don't care for that medium. And I think for broader audience, is this will really help. And I think it's really cool that we will get to see more of Zuko's story told, not just on screen, but on the big screen. And I hope that we get to see... Uh, the story of Zuko and Azula searching for their mom. That That is like my number one pick for what this could be. That or my other pick is they tell the story of... It's called... The comic is called The Promise. But it's one of Zuko's first real challenges as Fire Lord. And he's trying to keep a promise to Aang and his people. And it's... It's got a really a lot of really good themes about um, this. It's a town that's technically Fire Nation, but is also Earth Kingdom, and so there's a lot of commingling between the people, and they don't see themselves as Fire Nation or Earth. And I'm sure you can get the subtext from that on what they're trying to say. But it's a really fun, nice story. So like that one and the one where Zuko goes searching for his mom, I think would be really cool adaptations. Do you have anything in particular for the Zuko film in, that you would I mean, want to see? If it's going to be good, it's going to be good. I mean, like, I I'll, I got to wait. If, and plus, if Dante Bosco is going to come back or they're going to have a different voice actor for Zuko, I don't know. So Absolutely not. <laughs> Paramount. If anyone at Paramount ever hears this, don't you even consider recasting Dante. Especially if you're doing it animated. Like, he can still do that voice. I know, because I met the man last year. He can still do that voice. If he's not Zuko for this movie, I am i don't know if I'll see it. I really don't know if I'll see it. Unless I, it's talking about an older Zuko. And I mean, like, okay. But then, like, but then at that point, you would just bring in the voice actor for Zuko and Korra. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it could be like Zuko. That could actually be interesting and just have Korra be in the background. That could be an interesting concept. Like we're telling a story of old Zuko. Maybe it's more family focused with him and his family, like his daughter and his grandson. And it's taking place yeah. during the events of Korra. And we're just yeah. seeing another side of that story. <gasps> Oh man, okay, there's so much they could do with this movie. <laughs> yeah, like, I'd rather see the future of the characters because, you know, we got um, Zuko and Toph, old lady Toph. Like, there's so much story. Still badass. And, like, I, I hope that Zuko gets that closure by mean Iroh. Because in Korra, when um, Korra just flat out mentions Iroh, Zuko was like, wait, what? He didn't know what happened to Iroh. That so, is, yeah, that is something I always wanted for the Korra series was like, just just to see Zuko meet with Iroh in the spirit world again. 
And if they could do, if they could find a way to do that still in this film, like they do tell a story of a much older Zuko, and maybe maybe it's more about him passing on his passing everything to the next generation, and they find a way to make him meet Ira without breaking their continuity that they have. Oh man, I I will floodgates will fucking open in the theater. I don't know what yeah, I'd be. I don't know what I'd do. An interesting aspect. But that is not the only Avatar news, because we also got the news that a previous Avatar will have their story told in a movie as well. That is also going to theaters. Uh. What avatar, out of the avatars that we know by name, which avatar would you want to be picked for this film? Uh, I will say the first avatar one. Uh, I think there's so much stories. I want to know how he was able to navigate through that war at the end of his life. I would love to see that because there was so much that needed to be t- that weren't uh, that were told in that movie and plus the his voice actor um i forgot his name but you know invincible uh the dude who voiced um invincible i think i think there's more to be told about his character or kiyoshi i mean like i think kiyoshi should be a series or like four parts like a four part special but there, there's so many stories that a previous avatar can tell there's it could be Roku. I mean, you never know. My only thing with it being Roku is like, I feel like we got so much of Roku's story already. I mean, there's still plenty of things to tell with Roku and more like, you can go more in depth. But, uh, I, I agree with you that I think if you're going to do a Kyoshi spinoff, uh, I think it should be a series more than a film. Or some kind of mini-series. For sure. Yeah, and plus, um, from what is in the stories, I mean, uh, Kyoshi seems to be on demon time. All, you know what? She and literally becomes an assassin. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kyoshi was out here killing people as an assassin. I love, oh man, I love Kyoshi. And... The girl, I don't know if you've watched it. I don't know if you really watch CW shows, but one of the girls from CW's new Kung Fu show, uh, yeah. th- their main antagonist is playing Kiyoshi, and mm, she a baddie. Oh, Honestly, yeah. if they want, if they want to tell uh, Kiyoshi's story and do it live action with her playing Kiyoshi, I'm I'm down. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like we we need uh we need a honor of baddies, like just just an episode just to state our favorite baddies, but that that could be in the future. Like I don't. That, that's a, just, uh, I want to try to pronounce it, but I don't want to mispronounce it. Don't mispronounce it. Don't dishonor by mispronouncing. But man, I started watching Kung Fu in like the short times I've seen her in that show already. I like, I love her and I can't wait to see her as Kiyoshi. Like whether, whether this Avatar Last Airbender show on Netflix hits or it doesn't, 
her and uh, her and Appa playing Iro. I'm I'm already sold. I'm already sold. <laughs> But yeah, I, I agree that like there's there's so many they could tell. I think telling Juan's story in more depth with this movie could be really fun. And I think you could do something similar like what Fox was gonna do with their X-Men Origins films, because a lot of people I don't feel like a lot of people realize that X-Men Origins Wolverine was the first one of that series. Like, X-Men Origins was going to be the series. And they were going to tell different characters. And I think you could do something similar with these. Where it's Avatar Legends or something. And the little subtext is which Avatar we're following. So you do Avatar 1 and then you do another Avatar and then another. Um, I know Yang Chen is getting a book this summer it's either june or july um it'd be i don't know that much about yang chen but it would be really cool to see her story told um so yeah there's a lot of different roads they could go down the aperture series is growing i'm excited to see what paramount will take take the characters take the mythos Will it be a classic, or will it be season two Korra? I don't know. I know that the creators are still involved heavily with Avatar Studios. Uh, Paramount, just leave them be. Don't mess with them. Don't touch it. Just, just let them be. They created one of the greatest television shows of all time. Just let them be. Let them do their thing. Uh, I trust them. We've seen what happens when the studio gets involved with creative people like that. And I don't want to see one of my favorite um, favorite franchises go down that road. Yeah, I think um, there's unlimited story potential in this series. Hopefully, they can actually uh, do more stories that they want to tell. I would like to see an avatar of color, but I don't know if black people exist in that world, so I mean... Hey, I'll take I'll take what I can take. I mean, I feel like if we're looking at this, I mean, obviously, we've seen it as a map and like, or or we're just looking at Asia and the map that we see is not the whole map. That's what I was gonna say. Like maybe maybe the map we've seen ever since the first episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender has only been like it hasn't been a world map it's only been a map of what is asia in that world because like you know obviously a lot of things the avatar universe takes a lot from asian cultures so like maybe yeah maybe it's not a world map that we're looking at maybe it's just that world this uh universe is asia and there's still an Africa to explore. There's still Europe to explore. There's still Canada to explore. Like, there's so much they could do. Like stuff like that. What was it? What if there were multiple lion trolls? What if there were more um, avatars in general? What if there were more dark avatars? You never know. There's so much story potential that they can go through. Aaron, Aaron, I respect you. I do. Don't you ever say the words dark avatar to me again. 
<laughs> I hate season two of Chorus so much. <laughs> it's nothing against the cast or the writers. I just... Oh, I hate that storyline. <laughs> or we can bring back Kobira. <gasps> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think Kobira. her story was done her dirty. Plus the lovely Zelda Williams. Uh, uh, so good. Zelda. So good. I mean, so Zaheer is still Zaheer is still top tier like Avatar villains, but Kuvira is. I actually like. Um, I did not like Kuvira at first. I just thought she was boring and just not interesting at all but as that season progresses as season four progresses i'm like holy shit i love this fucking character i was like i kind of want to root for her now and then i was like ah no nah. no nah, i'm good i can't <laughs> i was like nah what she's what she's doing what she believes in no nah, i can't i can't root for that <laughs> um any last thoughts on any of the news topics or any of the things we discussed today? I mean, I said what I gotta say. I mean, she hold mommy, step on me. I, I went through that. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, Scar Scarlet Witch was your mommy, step on me. Is my mommy, step on me. Like, <laughs> I mean, Haley uh, Steinfeld and Elizabeth Olsen are they're both mommy, step on me. But that's a conversation. That's a conversation for another day. Like May from Moon Knight. Yeah. That curly hair. I don't know. Curly hair just. That woman does something to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Closing statements for episode, what is this, 21? Yeah, episode 21 of Dementicast. Closing statement. a closing statement hopefully you enjoy the games that we talk um hopefully you having a good day um support us on patreon or just like share and subscribe give us a five stars on our your favorite podcast network um but yeah go to the patreon we'll probably get some um, unedited dialogue because we're probably gonna have some dialogue that is censored because why not <laughs> we don't got sponsors. I don't censor this. There ain't no sponsors to appease. <laughs> In the future, we might get uh, sponsored. Yeah, G Fuel, G Fuel. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at the Nomad Gamer. Hit me up, DM me. Uh, let's... What happens if we get uh, Raider Shadow Legends? Ah, <laughs> oh, son of a bitch! Listen, nah, I'm just kidding. Raid, raid. Cut the check. Cut the check. Cut the check. Cut the check. Give us some money. Uh, man, Studio Henshin, um, I'll mention this briefly. Um, Studio Henshin had an opportunity to have, um, Ray Shadow Legends in. We were like, nope, we can't, <laughs> nope. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I man, you turned down a bag? You turned down a bag? Um, I didn't. The group did. That, that, that was them. I was like, hey, you know, it's a bag. But, yeah, know, that. We want to make sure that um, we, we don't want to lie. Right, right. No, I, I get it. I get it. 
relationship. So we we just had to be professional. But if Rayshaw Legends cut the check, I like to play it. Like I played it a few times. No, it's it's a it's a fun game. I won't lie. Like it is fun. I'm just. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ray, listen, you got a fun game, but like, god damn, your ads, <laughs> Actually, yeah, cut me the check, I'll make you a good ad. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make a good ad. And hopefully, in this uh, recording, I am not the silent partner. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just, I'm deleting, I'm deleting this podcast if this one ends up that way. It's it's just gone. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, hey, if it's a silent partner, then you could just say, "The silent partner returns." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man, that's. Did you see what I named the episode? <laughs> yes, the silent <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, All right. My closing statements uh, for episode 21 are just, you know, you don't have to like the new Kendrick album. That's fine. Nobody's forcing you to like anything you don't want to like. I think it's, I think this album is going to be, go down the same route that To Pippa Butterfly did. A lot of people are going to be either praising it to high heavens or shitting on it saying they don't like it and then eventually come around on it and she looks good that cgi needs work and remember to rate us five stars on apple and spotify it really does help us move up the algorithm and get new listeners in which could potentially get us some sponsors so i'm making that moolah get that bag because lord knows i need it because i got bills um and support us on Patreon. You can, 10 bucks a month gets you access to the Discord. And come hang out, chat, play some games, do whatever. But yeah, until. You get to hear our uncensored opinions. Yeah, you could. Hey, you want to give us $75 a month? I mean, you can be a guest on the show. Like, we'll yeah, pick you. you. Just talk to us for an hour. Yeah, I mean, you could. Come on, we'll let you on the show, and you can come on the show and tell us we both suck and you hate our opinions. And I mean, hey, give us money, man. Just give us two hundred dollars. You're good. Right. But you could do that, and I won't say shit. I'll get on camera. (laughs) Why you do it? We'll get on camera. Thanks for the cash, man. But that has been it for episode 21 of Dementicast. Until next time, peace. Peace.